0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or the Hyper Clean Specialist Group if you're on Facebook. Hey, if you're on YouTube though, hmm. Let's go start checking out hyper clean store on YouTube. Already getting some people looking, making comments, visually seeing some stuff. And it's been a lot of fun, Nick. Let's get into some buy and sell.
0: All right. So I got to sell for everybody that doesn't know. I traveled to Tulsa last week. I saw a lot of things at HQ with the towels. We'll address that at another time because I got to get to the airplane are we all in agreement that the airport is the wildest place on the planet now? I mean, do we all have that in mind? What happens on planes? What happens near everything? It's it's just one of those places now. I think you know this. We're just all kinds of insanity. So anyway, I'm flying back from Tulsa. I've had to get up early. As you know, I've had to, you know, get to the airport early, trying to get back to Vegas, trying to 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 have
1: i I found out that flight time and i was like you got uber right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah marty was real real helpful let me tell you so anyway here's what happens we i leave early i get to the airport get on the plane there's a real weird thing i'm supposed to be boarding first on the plane so this is why i've never been a fan of southwest do you know how many groups of people they allow to board before you now If you have a family, if you have this, do you walk slowly? Do you, you know, I mean, there's like a million exceptions. So being the first one on Southwest, I get on the plane, like the first two rows are already taken. So I look back at the, the, the guy who's who's running the plane there, you don't, what do you call them stewards now or flight attendants, whatever the, the, and I go, so A1 just doesn't mean anything anymore. And he's like, looks at me, he's kind of embarrassed. All good. Okay. No big deal, bud. Here's where it gets interesting. So there's uh, two older women sitting in the first row. Obviously, there's some type of medical condition, but you can't see it. They walk normal, whatever. They had an issue with their bag that I didn't get to see. So we land the plane. There's, I don't know, seven dudes on the plane right near me. And the guy, the flight attendant walks up. He goes, hey, man, can you help me with something? I said, yeah. Can you get that bag out of there? Marty, it's like this stainless steel cube. And I'm like, yeah, no big deal. He goes, it, it's kind of heavy. That's what he says. I'm like, okay, no problem. I go to grab this thing. I almost dislocated my shoulder. The heaviest thing I've ever felt that nobody told me about. You know, if you're trying to w- lift some heavy weights at the gym or something, you kind of know they're heavy. I never touched a bag before. So I get it down and I struggle. No no questions asked. Like This is easily 150 pounds easily. I get it down. They take forever to get off the plane. So I'm having to wait. No big deal. I look at him. I go, Hey man, I could have used some help getting it down. He goes, yeah, I put it up there. I didn't think I could get it back down. I said, well, you certainly didn't. (laughs) You certainly didn't tell me that. You just kind of said, yeah, it's kind of heavy. He goes, yeah, it was heavy. Wasn't it? It was the lady's dialysis machine. And I'm like, bud, you could have just given me a heads up. Well, here's the funny thing. As I'm kind of like struggling to get it down, none of the other guys, all wearing Oklahoma gear, by the way, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. And not one of them tried to help me. The heaviest thing I've ever tried to lift from above my head to the ground that I had no idea how much it weighed. No idea until it was like halfway down. And I'm like, oh, no, this is about to go real south. Get it down to the ground. The guy goes, "Yeah, it was her dialysis machine." I said, "Could have pitched, could could have just pitched in a little bit. I mean, two guys better than one. It was kind of a large bag." He's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think I could help. I don't think I could get it down again." I'm like, "Wow." So I got to sell the airport experience. Look, most of the stuff is fine, but getting on the plane, getting off the plane, then having to lift that thing, I'm like, "This is all Oklahoma." We have a decent trip. You know, I, I saw some things with the towels at HQ for everybody. We'll get that sorted out. But I'm telling you right now, the way people act on planes, the way they get up, the way it, it just never ceases to amaze me.
1: Hmm. So they weren't just nice and relaxed, calm, going to Vegas, huh?
0: Well, I got to tell you, you see Oklahoma gear, Oklahoma State gear, like you just know, isn't it? It's just a wild thing. Like you just know those guys are going to be the first ones standing up, clog in the lane not realizing that they're going to have to get these people out before you like it, it's almost like it's groundhog day for these guys have they never been on a plane before
1: you know that's the worst too the guys that get up ahead like oh. well let's walk up there and be up here because i need to get out of this plane like dude <laughs> we're all waiting why do you yeah, we don't need to go down there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. brutal. All right, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm definitely buying. This is uh this is a big buy for me, massive buy. So big that when I heard the news, both hands went up in the air and I celebrated. I celebrated ripples. I celebrated uncomfortableness. I celebrated the fact that, well, Nick, you and I get a lot of people, not a lot, but we get some that will. We'll have a phone conversation. We'll be talking to them. They'll say, "Hey, you know, I, I listen to you guys a lot. I really appreciate it." And they'll, you know, they'll give us some good support. I like I that. We need that. It, it is a thing that you know. If you yeah. do value what somebody else does, you know, you should tell them. Right? We, we get that. I, I'm all about that too. But it was actually the more that I hear of the ripples, of the uneasiness, of the elbows, and of the oh, wait a second, right? Like, that's when I started to really get excited about our momentum, and then two hands went up when I heard the news of, you know, people that were upset and people that couldn't believe what we were Right? Like, as that's come out over the years, it's always excited me, but some people I've started to hear more and more of, and they just go, yes, I'm in. Yeah. I'm buying. Because you never, ever, and this is something I've thought about, I've said, is – you you can be a you can be a positive force for the the industry or whatever you're trying to do you can be a as positive everything can be going amazing you, great i've always felt i've always felt like you never really were getting somewhere all the way until you started pressing buttons until oh, yeah. there were some people that started to go hey wait a second right and that's when you know and so that's why i'm buying and i was so happy
0: yeah look we uh We have a lot of people reach out. I've kind of said this for years. I know guys think it's it's a little weird to bring it up, but I bring it up for a reason. A lot of people reach out. A lot of people exchange information. That's why I always tell everyone listening, protect your reputation because guys share information, guys pass things on. It may not get passed on tomorrow, but a year later, you might hear something. And a guy might call and reach out or a gal might call and reach out or you'll see him at SEMA or you'll see him, you know, around, you know, just running into him somewhere. It it really matters because when you say things, you better really mean it because it's going to come around and you're going to find out. And, you know, look, you've had some incidents. I mean, let's kind of share the behind the scenes where guys have shown up at pub nights and, you know, tried to make you believe they were – supporting you. And then information came out later that that's not what they were doing at all. And, and you got to realize something that everybody's protective of their territory. Everybody's per. And by the way, it's largely perceived what they perceive their territory to be right. Well, this is my block. You're not going to roll up on my block. It's like, it's auto detailing, dude, relax. You know, we're just, we're just shooting the shit as guys that have been doing this a while. Look, there's a lot of people that have come over to, to the podcast and shared all their, you know, hey, man, you helped me with this, or hey, I really like how you said this, or yeah, man, you're exactly right. And, Marty, you know some of the things, some of the most controversial things are deemed controversial on this podcast since you and I have been doing it together. The funniest things is, to me, is 9 out of 10 people agree with what we say, and the 1 out of 10 are always the, the easiest to spot. Mm-hmm right? The one out of 10 that disagree, you're like, dude, that guy was easy to pick out of a lineup. I mean, he just has that narc vibe to him, right? Mm-hmm. He has that he would tell on you and and get you arrested if, if you were, uh, you know, in trouble, like there's just guys in this industry that have that narc vibe to them. And it is what it is, man. It is really positive what we experience in this podcast. But also a lot of guys need to know, man, there's a lot of people, quote unquote, throwing that leader word around that that are some of the I mean, lack of a better term, some of the worst people in the industry. And and it's definitely shown itself.
1: And biggest haters, which is why I celebrate, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to have hate in order for you to know And this. Maybe it was just part of my own, you know, personal journey and finally going, all right. You know, like after hearing the good stuff, it's when you hear the negative that I celebrated. Because great. There's somebody that's wanting to put out negativity about me and about us and about our company, awesome. That means yep. we've done something, right? That means we're really starting to, to take an impact. So that's that's what I'm buying. All right, let's think about Tulsa time, Nick, right? This is, I, Tulsa is an interesting place. And, you know, they even wrote a song about it. People go, let's do this. Something about Tulsa time. Like, it does seem to be a little bit of a, a, a suck in, right? Like, I never left. I, I went away, school, did some of that. But for some reason, I just stayed here. Some reason it sucks you in minus the restaurants that don't open on a Monday night. Right? Like
0: boy, oh boy. Wow. Let, let me, let me tell you this. You want to talk about a guy, not plugged in. You're more So Marty, I get there. Okay. I've been, I've been traveling all day. Uh, I get there. We're supposed to have dinner. Great. Let's go get a dinner. Marty must've sent me 52 restaurants that I was supposed to meet him at within like 12 minutes. He's like, no, don't go there. No, this is a new place. Don't go there. So we finally go to this place, which, by the way, looked like it had tremendous food. So this is not a, a comment on the food. But probably one of the most interesting five minutes of my life happened at this restaurant. So I roll Steakhouse. up. and Marty's, Yeah, Marty, for some reason, standing outside, I'm like, this fool can't be waiting for me to arrive. It's not the, it, it, it wasn't chilly, but it's nighttime. It's a little, I'm thinking, what the hell is this idiot doing? I walk up there. He goes, dude, the door's locked. So we're about to leave. You and I are about to turn around and take off. This guy opens the door. He goes, hey, man, sorry. We had to lock the door. We got a huge rush before you got here. That's the words. Those are exact, by the way. We walk into this restaurant. There's three people in the restaurant. And that's being generous. He goes, we got a big rush. So Marty and I, we sit down. We start to flip over the menu. I'm like, hey, bud, there's no beer on here. And he's like, what? He looks around, whatever. Guy comes over. I think that guy was half in the bag. Maybe he drank all the liquor. So your boy says to it's, us, hey. He what?
1: starts telling us what he's going to be <laughs> drinking.
0: <laughs> I said, how are you? Yeah, he goes, how are you guys doing? Oh, good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm about to get off. I'm going to go home and have a few. Like, okay, friendly response. I'm good with it. Hey, man, we noticed you don't have any alcohol on the menu. He goes, oh, lost our liquor license. I look at Marty. I'm like. I mean, bud, you're like Mr. Beer. We can't just stay here. He's like, uh, mm, yeah, we gotta go. Cause but- you
1: feel bad, right? Cause he brought up all the this is a place that had like hummus. It was so it was interesting. It was a steakhouse, but it was Mediterranean. So he brought over hummus and all this like things that we were gonna start eating to start with. And it's like, <laughs> I felt bad, right? But but he oh also didn't, God. right? Because he was He literally told us what he was going to go home and drink. He was yeah. ready to get off and go drink. So, yeah, it is. I mean, it was crazy. It was interesting. Like, But whatever. We had a good mood and had some good foods. We need to confirm the taco truck was legit. Taco trucks yeah, yeah. and Tulsa, right? Sure. They sure. are legit. But what is legit is the amount of people that started questioning also, well, what's their towel game like? Well, I wonder what, wonder what that tally on on Nick's towel perspective of how many did you have to throw away? I only counted two. I only counted two.
0: Yeah, look, the organization game is a real problem. It's a real problem. I mean, hey, let's, but on let's the count,
1: be... I only got two on the count. That's all I had to say. Yeah.
0: Has Marty taken some liberties with the inventory? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a few towels in there. I mean, it, Marty's taken a few liberties, but I, I can't blame him on that. I've taken some liberties having you ship me towels over the year. We're, we're a little bit towelaholics here. You know, hey, can you send me some more? Hey, can you? So that wasn't as bad. But the organization with the towels was there was a lot of digging. There's a lot of digging through. Where's this towel? Where's this Where's this gallon of foam wash? Where There's like a lot of it, And the funny thing is the cabinet's not out of whack. You know, for everybody that understands like the chemicals are kind of organized meaning the ones we use in the wash bay. Obviously, we're super organized sure, on sure, the stuff yeah, that goes super, out to customers yeah. <laughs> and you know, we got to make sure that we have everything. But it's I mean, like, you, don't you think know, you
1: should clarify that, but I guess maybe you should clarify. Yeah. We are talking about the wash yeah. day here. What we're talking
0: we're talking about like uh <laughs> the fun part of the warehouse, like the business part of the warehouse. Like every you know, guys need to know where to pull stuff from and it's very or- now is it organized because our team is organized? Or is yes. it organized because yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Our team kills it. So here's what I definitely know. We're gonna have to talk about Marty's pay and the warehouse pay. Cause I think a lot of the good things going on, but look, it was, I'll say this. It's definitely a different vibe when we're all together, right? Mm. And that's, that's one of the things that came out of, it's, it's fun. And I want to share something. I didn't know if you had this on your list today. How many companies would be able to go through 10 iterations of a product after filming all day? Like you and I were back at the end of the day. And when I mean end of the day, we're talking about like eight o'clock at night. And you and I are coming up with close to 10 iterations of a product that we're working on. And we're throwing it right on a car and we're like, yeah, oh, okay, let's try this. Let's do this. So when you hear all of this talk about manufacturing and blending and all this stuff that goes around the industry, I'll put our ability to now mix product, do our own testing, and the quick, easy way we can make changes. I've been in other labs of the biggest companies in the world. I've actually been in the laboratory with them. They're lucky if they get one thing out a week. We got 10 within a couple hours. I think we don't really talk about that kind of stuff enough that we're I'm, I'm sitting here with Marty and I'm like, add some of this. He's like, ah, oh, I think I'm going to add some of that. Let's try this. Will that make this dry the way we, and it's like, we don't really talk about it enough because a lot of people like to think all companies are created equal and everybody's doing business in this way. I'm here to tell you very few businesses mix their own stuff, even fewer actually design their own stuff. And that's been a huge evolution over the last three years for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're right. Few people would ever get to the end after all the we, you know, after everything we did, but you and I specifically made sure to save time and even came down to that day where we were like, Hey, we could shoot another video. You know, like we could shoot more. I was like, no, we need to reserve time for not only for, for us to to be able to work through it here, but this is the interesting part, right <laughs> here because our humidity. Yeah. And I wanted you to see things here with some things we've been working on and our humidity, the way it acts, versus sending it out there to you where there's there's no humidity and there's the dryness. The, the uniqueness part is that and also that we went all the way to push through everything. You're right. How many people would have just blown something off? Yeah. But that's, that's not what most of our listeners would ever do for their customers. We yeah. know that. So, we also thought of it at the end of the week, and we thought of our customers, the people that are going to use it, and we go, "We need to make sure this is all the way dialed
0: yeah no and and still probably weren't really perfectly where we wanted to be, right, mm-hmm. so now it's how do we take that stuff and and look, we're just giving you some behind the scenes stuff here. We realize that that sometimes that stuff is is uh, you know, wanted, we get a lot of questions about it. We get a lot of thoughts behind it. And I'll just say it at the end of the day, man, like it's something last week, I was super proud of the things we were doing. Uh, and and it is going to be the difference when you look out, not only this year, but the next five years, 10 years, I think business is speeding up while everybody in our business is slowing down. We're trying to speed up even faster. And I think that's important
1: yeah absolutely. so let's let's just go ahead and we've talked about our YouTube direction for a little bit. But for those of you that listen to the podcast, some of the stuff that Nick and I tried to do, which try is the word. <laughs> we we're not professional videographers, right? You know, what you see on YouTube is stuff that we record here, and then we have somebody edit it. But we shoot it, and we want to try and shoot from the aspect of being a detailer and what it looks to be kind of more first hands on direct and some of that is where hey it's just the podcast but with a car with something like clay bar how do you understand clay bar how do you understand it visually as well as you and I going over things so make sure as we start putting some of those out You want to get over to YouTube and you want to watch the whole thing through because as you know, if you're a listener on the podcast, you will hear things from the front, middle and the end. So watch these YouTube videos. We're going to try and keep them not, you know, 30. We're not going to, they're not going to be long. They might be 12, 15. You might see one that's 20 minutes. You might, but we're going to try and keep them small, more compact, but you'll want to watch them the whole way through for all the nuggets throughout each and every episode.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important for us to kind of enlighten people why we made this choice, man. There's a lot of people that ask us a lot of what I would call very entry level, you know, questions. And that, that's great. You know, it it gives us a guide of where everybody's at and what they really want to hear about and what they're struggling with. And this goes for the consumer. This goes for the professional. Everybody's at a different stage in their detailing world. Some people are experts and they're going to see us talk about the basics of polishing and they're going to be like, well, you know, you guys should have wet sanded the hood. And we made sure to make comment about that. Like, Hey guys, we understand you can wet sand a hood. We understand you could do a rotary here. We un- We understand. There's also a logical progression to the way we need to discuss not only our products, but all these processes that have been, damaged with information over the years, right? We're going to have a conversation a little bit later about ceramic coating. Okay. I'm here to tell you that a lot of the the negative around ceramic coating, maintaining it, what it should look like, this is, not, is because there's so much information that nobody's really starting at the beginning and saying, Hey, this is the basics. These are the basics. So I think the, for the, for a good little while, you guys are going to be seeing an elevated conversation about the basics, you know, the basics of actually doing a wash properly, actually cleaning a wheel properly, actually using things in different ways to make yourself more efficient and enjoy the process more. So I think we did a lot of that. We, we shot a lot of content. And like you said, hey, man, we're not trying to win any, uh, uh, you know, Oscars here for our cinematography. We're, we're just trying to set up the camera and bring you guys in and, and hanging out with us, basically, uh, through our YouTube channel. And that's the vibe we want. You know, we're, we're guys that... If you hung out with us, this is how we would talk. And I think that's important as we move into the future.
1: And we'll probably continue as this is now a a thing, in a sense, for our company. We'll continue to talk about stuff that you're going to see on YouTube. Well, things that people won't see but can understand if anybody has put on an event or taken time out to do something. Wow, Nick, the preparation of getting to the week, the preparation of Each day of the week, you had to, which is so awesome, of run your business of, you know, Vegas rides out of Tulsa, right? In a sense, manage in a sense of that business while we're working on this business here. The ability that some can do, but very few, running businesses from different states, preparing for moments like this, and then having a full week. It is a lot of preparation. It's a lot that goes into it.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it's taken me 13 years to get here. You know, I I say this all the time about, uh, you know, guys talking on the internet. A lot of them don't bring you into their first five years in business. You know, they're 20 years in, they're having a ton of success. They don't really talk to you about how this all worked when they got to start. Right. And so, I mean, 13 years in, this is a a move that I'm capable of making. Was I capable five years in? No, I wasn't. So for all you guys out there listening, you're in your first five years or seven years of business, I wouldn't have been able to do all this. I wasn't talented enough as an operator. I wasn't uh, as skilled as an operator. It took me a long time, basically 10 years before I was able to make this investment in HyperClean, and it was about the right time for me. Right. That was the right moment. I knew I could handle it with some hiccups. Now, let me bring everybody in on something. While I was gone, there was a $31,000 insurance claim I had to deal with this morning uh, from a Ferrari that got backed into front fender, headlight, 31Gs. So I'm dealing with that insurance company. I'm dealing with getting the parts and this and that. I had a bumper of a Mercedes get damaged. So did I wake up this week with a little bit extra work? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I also don't want anybody to think to themselves that this is something I'd have been able to pull off in the first five years of my business, right? That's the truth. And that stuff is largely always kept out of the conversation.
1: Let's think about social media here for a second. For all of us that are inside, we're pulling up our phone, we're grabbing and looking at social media. Hmm. How many of us are seeing Black Friday deals are here a week early, right? Like, Oh, this man. is almost becoming comical. We're going to run a Black Friday deal, and we're going to talk about Black Friday in a second. But can we all have a laugh, half a moment? We're, we're on Monday, and we're already got companies saying 30% off all week long. Like, huh? Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you want to talk about something that's changed in our lifetime. Right. Like if you think about, you know, you and I and, and anybody listening that's been buying stuff on Black Friday, it used to be Black Friday. Then it was Black Friday weekend and then they threw in Cyber Monday. And all of a sudden now we're I mean, I saw some stuff last week. Hey, we're running Black Friday stuff a week early. And it's like, oh, we're running Black Friday stuff the whole month of November. I think there's something for business owners listening to this. I don't. I know some of you that listen that aren't professional detailers are just high level enthusiasts and you own your own business. The amount of desperation that tells your clients you're in is irreversible. I've already gotten, I've been getting text messages all morning. Like what's this company doing? What's this company doing? What there's no problem with somebody running a deal. You know, we don't run very many deals throughout the year. Uh, we ha- we picked the, the couple biggest holidays and I say this all the time. It's because I believe all of you guys do business with us because you believe in what we're doing. What is the need for all of this? And it's it just a damaging thing. I think to your company, if you're a detailer listening to this, or you run a law office or whatever it is you do. I don't know that you reverse this out of your business, Marty. I mean, this is something you're, you're pretty familiar with. It's very tough to get people to see your business on an elite level if you do this kind of stuff.
1: So Black Friday has become an interesting thing inside of the car care world. It's also become an interesting thing as detailers question, should I run Black Friday deals? Yeah. Interesting. You know, service versus, you know, a product. What type of deal should be given? Now, first of all, I'm going to say, listen, if you're a service based type company, okay, run a deal on a gift card, maybe, right? Like, should you do something? This the interesting part about Black Friday is the highest buying day, right? The biggest day of commerce and probably one of the biggest weekends in it. Like, the whole yeah. week, I mean, it's just a feeding frenzy. So, right? It, you, you see these feeding frenzy videos of fish and sharks and birds coming down. And there's all these different animals or mammals, whatever. I'm not going into that. of They're taking part of this feast. Well, it's become a feast. There's no doubt about it. What becomes our role? Or, you know, do I eat? Do I get eaten? You know, what is my part in Black Friday is sort of been my journey, right? I'm thinking of it if we're a detailer. Do you run a sale on a service? No. Do you run a sale on a gift card? Because that person might give that gift card to somebody and that might, like, you could run through some of those things and you would go, yeah, I could see how that would work. But overall, running a sale, because there's a frenzy and you're a service, I don't know that it's going to bring in the customers that you really want is the way I
0: want to say it, right? Like, I mean, sales are a weird thing in the service-based business. I I have seen some shops and some mobile guys do some creative things, and they have great success on Black Friday. These are also pretty high-level operators, right, where these guys know the ads they're going to run, and they know that, yeah, I'm making it appear that I'm giving a big deal, but what you don't understand is on the back end I have this, this, and this, so they're not really getting a deal. They add in maybe a glass coating or throw in a free one year ceramic coating on a full body PPF or whatever, something that's very low risk to them. I think you have to be pretty damn good at what you're doing to pull black Friday off as a service provider.
1: Well, what and, I see, and yeah. we got to ask, is that the type of customer you want?
0: Yeah. Service. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, right? I mean, People are going to say, well, wait a minute, here's two guys that will eventually run something for Black Friday. I'm not running any of that stuff at VR. It's not even a topic of conversation. We don't even broach the subject. Uh, products are just different, right? And also e-commerce products are very different is because this is something that allows us to do a variety of things for our business. Look, we'll bring in a lot of new customers during these types of sales. Hopefully, uh, you know, becoming lifelong clients there's a different world in the products of you know what you call selling a widget right when you sell a physical product somebody uses or somebody's going to have in their home or use on their car there's a different psyche to that consumer than a service consumer right that's going to hire a plumber or hire a contractor or hire a landscaper or a detailer and so I don't think you've probably had any of your customers, especially the ones we dealt with last week, ever ask for a Black Friday deal. I've I really don't have any of those types of customers either, and that's where you're coming from. You're saying, "Hey, I was in I started my career with this certain type of customer. When I got in with the customers I wanted to do business with, they never brought up Black Friday. They just they just simply don't to most of their service providers. Matter of fact, that's the time they're usually tipping more, giving more, they're not actually asking for more of a deal.
1: And because we've also tried to encourage the way we've built maintenance style business. You shouldn't then want to discount for them because they should be regularly on your schedule. And you, sh- you really, the discounts of a Black Friday should be grabbing new customers, right? And that's the way you should think of it, which I go, okay, you know, if you want to give a discount on a gift card. Okay, I could see that. But then that person's going to give the gift card to somebody and they go, hey, I know you need a detail and you haven't done it. So I got you this card because I knew, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure to bring this up for a, one of those flag in the grounds type of moments where we go, right? This is the way you got to think through the game. You got to think through some chess pieces. You got to think through some moves because traditionally in service, You really don't want to discount your service if you're wanting to continue to achieve that more high-level service and have that higher level of clientele. You really don't want to run a deal on Black Friday. Should you consume? This becomes the part where you and I joked, right? We were eating some. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. We were eating some wings. No. Yeah.
0: You were uh, I was wings. eating wings. You were eating chicken tenders or uh, boneless wings, which is, I mean, that's egregious behavior. Egregious and, and behavior.
1: I, right? So I said, listen, this is the time that I do buy. You know, I look through things that I know that I want to get, and this becomes a time for me to buy if it's, I'm not buying somebody's service there. I'm not going and looking at, you know, the cheap, you know, and get some deal on somebody's service. No way. No way. Not at all. All right, so let's think of some stuff inside of the specialist group. We encourage everybody to always go over the specialist group. We're not going to be there too long because we're going to get into some, to an email, to a really great discussion. Inside of the specialist group, a couple highlights that we'll see, which I encourage everybody to go over, it's Facebook or the specialist group. Hyper Clean Specialist is what you search for. I've been in- interested, Nick. Like, People that come in here and I've talked to them, hey, do you listen to the podcast? Yeah, hey, do you you go over to the specialist group? There becomes this thing and even inside the group, people are talking about it. Some people don't go into a Facebook group because they associate Facebook groups as all being the same. Mm -hmm. There's some posts though recently inside of our Facebook group that I love and they are actually talking about how it's a different place. So if you're a listener, please go over to the specialist group. It is a place for you to belong.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think what people need to understand is it- it's-, it's people asking questions or showing off work or talking about what they've done. We really, when we started this group, you and I were really leery about Facebook groups because we knew of the negatives, especially you who, who kind of alerted me, hey, these things can turn kind of nasty. But we kind of have the right people. You know, in the group, we have the right audience. And also when we've had a couple little posts that weren't so professional, they just got removed, like no no questions asked. And so it's a lot more chill group. It's not all this insanity and everybody trying to one-up everybody. It's, it's kind of just a helpful place if you have a question, if you're trying to understand something. You know, some of it's related directly to our products, but other things are like, "Hey, I, I ran up on this. Have you guys seen it?" Uh, so I like to say that I think it's a lot more chill place than what happens on most of Fa- most of Facebook groups across the board.
1: Yeah, you know, it is chill, but listen, no no baseball bats were found here. The bats were all hidden. Yeah. So there's still plenty of though ball busting. It's a lot of fun. It's more locker room talk or people get in. So I just wanted to also say that, like, if you're somebody that does like make sure you understand that we, we do have fun though. Right. Yeah. We, we do bus balls. We do give people some hard times, but it's not in that, that other way where we're, it's more like mud slinging. So I just wanted to characterize, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of talk yeah, it's, through that. It's just enjoyable. It's chill. We, well, people will see some stuff like license plates. Oh yeah, we do that because it's funny, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's something you found, or something you saw, and so that is something. If you you're on the podcast, I want you to kind of get a little ready to go over and see. Is and we want you to do it too. Interesting cars you find, licensed places you find. I think you know the the yeah. one that is late on stuff. Now that was a good one,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I mean, like I said, it's it's just a place that we've been very mindful to build the right way. You know, a place you'd want to hang out, a place you'd want to check into a few times a day, a few times a week, whatever your habits are. And I think it's one of those places also you can ask a lot of questions, man.
1: There you go. The questions. So some of the questions we've been seeing recently are, well, revive to impress. You've seen a lot of this awesome 20-year-old cars that they're putting impress on and they're going, wow, this is incredible. And then they're putting it on. We, we've seen even new vehicles that they're putting it on. And then we've seen people go, oh, wait, well, what's the difference in that with Revive? Then we're seeing questions about ceramic coatings and this is awesome. Hey, I, I got this picture of this ceramic coating that it looks like a, something's happened. What do, I, what do I need to do? And we can walk through those. If you yep. got more of an in-depth type of question that maybe you don't want to put out into the group, all good. Hey, send us an email. It's info at hypercleanstore.com. One of those emails is something that we want to get into. It was such a good email. So we both wanted to first say, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to send this very thoughtful email where you can tell he made sure to think through what he was saying. And even inside of the email goes, Hey, here's some backstory so that we can get even more information. Yep. So, hey, if you're somebody that you're going to listen, I, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm just not somebody that I, I really don't want to go ask this question in there. Hey, info at hypercleanstore.com. Great place to give a more in-depth question. So, let's go into that email then, Nick. Because, yeah. uh, as you said, if he took the time to write it, that means we know that there's others that also have the same question. So, great email. Thankful. This was an email, like we said, that came in. And let's talk about the very first question he says. So, so once I coded a vehicle and it leaves, let's say to the, and I, he says to the customer, you know, hey, you need to maintain it, but maybe they don't. Six, seven months later, whatever, it comes back. Hmm. What do we do? You know, we tell somebody a date, We tell them they need to maintain it, but later it comes back, hmm, this becomes a
0: customer issue, becomes a coding issue. Let's kind of go through that. It's going to become an everybody issue at this point. You have now a neglected vehicle. I don't care if it's PPF or coding. Somebody hasn't done anything to their car in six or seven months, we need to be very upfront when the customer tells us that and find a very professional way to say, Hey, I kind of told you what to do here. Uh, I wish you have called me at least to get it in monthly or quarterly to allow me to take a look at it. It's all good. I'm now going to have to assess by all these different processes, just how neglected the vehicle is. But if you honestly told them how to maintain it and they made the choice not to, no harm, no foul. You, you, so, you did what you're supposed to.
1: Let's listen to some random questions, right? Why does somebody take a, and listen, whoever emailed this in, please don't, we're not, we're not saying this about yours. Yours was the email that opens up the
0: dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And I think he knows that.
1: And he knows that, right? So let, let's say we, we put on a coding and the customer, it, it just doesn't seem like they're doing what they're supposed to do. When we were in sealants and waxes, we didn't have supposed to do. People could just do whatever they wanted. Why now is there supposed to do? You think it's the price? You think it's what we're charging people?
0: It's price. It's also expectations of customers. And remember, man, we went from, you know, best case scenario on wax was 30 to 60 days. Best case scenario on sealants was six months. You're now in years, man. You're talking about something working for years one year, three year, five year, a big price tag, you know, an old wash and wax man, if you got 150 bucks for that, you're you're doing pretty damn good. Now, a one step in a three year is probably average price 15 to $1,700 around the country. It's a different world. And it's a different expectation, not only from the detailers perspective, but from the customer's perspective. And so here's the assessment that you have to go through. Okay, man, I'm going to find out how robust that coating I put on the car is. I, I got a car that's been neglected for six or seven months. Now, the level of neglect's going to be different based on where you live. Let's be clear. I mean, you get down and, and you know, you're down during pollen season in the south, you know, and it doesn't get touched for six months and it rains on top of it. and, I mean, who knows how bad this can get, right? Snow in the winter, and then you leave it on for another three months after winter ends. I don't know. We're going to have to see. And so now I think the proper question is how do we go about just seeing if, if this is a neglected vehicle with a coating still working just fine, you're going to go through a pretty thorough process here. In most areas you're going to go hyper clean cleanse to start stripping that dirt down. You're then probably going to go with fuego in most places because you're going to have iron contamination then you're going to have to assess after all that, do I actually have surface contamination that's going to have to be clayed? Who knows? Does somebody paint their house next to this guy's and it got on his coating? I mean, it's not impervious to that. I mean, it, it absolutely happens. Now, the coating would have made it easier to rinse off in a timely manner, but he didn't do that, right? And now, if those three things don't work, you're talking about an acid bath of some sort. If the coating's dead after that, you do have a dead coating. And now you have to ask yourself, am I working with the right company that I put on a coating that was really going to ever last three years or whatever the years are? Yeah, man, there's a lot of questions when neglect happens. And I want to say this, for all of you that take that as, well, coating's this, coating's that. If you didn't wash a PPF vehicle for six months, it would look a lot worse than a coated vehicle. Because you'd have dirt in the edges. You'd have all of this stuff happening. Most likely, you'd have edges peeling back from all the dirt contamination. None of this stuff is set it and forget it. But a neg- neglected vehicle arise, uh, arrives to your your mobile unit or your shop, you got to go about assessing it and getting to the bottom of what's going on. And, and in most cases, the coating could be just fine.
1: Okay. It could be. It could be. You and I have also heard, we've also All seen right. inside of plenty of, it's not okay. So, I got to ask this question. Neglected? Was it the customer's fault? He neglected it. Once again, the email, like, this is almost more, everybody that starts to have these that come back, this is what I love about a post inside a specialist group. Hey, I used to use somebody else's. They yep. are starting to see a lot of comebacks from that somebody else's. This isn't us now taking an episode and going, go with hyper clean because you won't have failures. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is about, hey, okay, you've used somebody else's. You're having some issues. Okay. We're not dogging them. We're not saying it right. Sure. You should look.
0: 100%. Of course. 100
1: you should look. And you should probably understand that most people in the industry don't do right by the customers, which is why you're seeing the issue. Okay, let's get past that. Let's get past that for a half second. It might be a tough hurdle for some people because even in this email, he specifically talks about, you know, I've used this guy, right? I've used used him, I believe. But... Come on, Nick. You and I are starting to see a lot of more people. Over the years, as as ceramic coatings boomed, let's take a moment and let's think big picture. If there's a boom, there always has to be people that are trying to just capture hey, as much as they yeah. can take well, from the boom.
0: I, I think here's what people need to hear. I think we got word in the last couple of weeks a coding company that made a lot of noise in the last six months and they hired these people and they're going to be training all these people and we're going to be helping you save your business. I think we got word they're going to be shutting down for the sixth time and relaunching for a, for a seventh time or a fifth time. And are going to be relaunching for a sixth time. Uh, you know, we see all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and I say this to people, whether they want to, live, I've never had a ceramic coating failure in my business. I've also only worked with three companies, two previous to hyperclean and then hyperclean. Uh, You're responsible as an installer to understand how to pick out a valuable ceramic coating and a valuable PPF and a valuable everything. That's your job. I'm going to say this. I would not, there's, there's probably less than, well, I know there's less than five companies that I'd ever put on my customers' cars globally. That's a fact, and I've said that long before I was an owner of HyperClean. I said this in one of the first episodes we ever did. I wasn't even an owner of HyperClean. I never had a problem picking out and understanding who was doing the most reputable stuff because I wasn't looking for the person making the most noise. I wasn't looking for the person uh, doing the most on social media. I was looking for good quality companies that seemed like they stood behind things. And so I specifically, and I know Brian came on here and said the same thing, Between two guys that have been putting ceramic coatings on, you probably in the same boat, I mean, 30 plus years of putting ceramic coatings on between three people, I don't think we have any failures. What's the difference? You never used a fly-by-night company. He never used a fly-by-night company. And I never used a fly-by-night company. So understand something. You're using a consumer-only brand, which we've tested in-house. You're going to get a consumer-only You use somebody that says, we've been doing detailing, you know, a zillion years, but it turns out they were doing car wash chemicals for 99% of that. Their coating might not be great. It is what it is. So part of this failure issue we see popping up in the specialist group, when people are saying, hey, I'm so glad I switched to HyperClean, I keep having to redo this, quote unquote, and we don't allow them to say the coating company's name, just so everybody knows. We don't allow that kind of bashing. We're not bashing it here. I'm just saying... I can spot out of a lineup. If you tell me you install for a certain company, I know you have failures. Not because I'm trying to be an egomaniac, because I've heard from reputable people say, hey, I tried that coding. It failed on everything I put it on.
1: And wouldn't you wish that we could actually just
0: say that? Oh, I could list off (laughs) 10 names right now that would make people sick.
1: (laughs) I wish we could email back even. Yeah. You, You wish that you could do some of those things. And I know there's people that they love about us that we don't do the BS. And I wish... I wish we could just come out and just. Oh, I
0: wish I could. I'm telling you this. I wish I could, could go back and record one conversation with an installer who you ended up talking to when I was in Scotland. This guy admitted to me, admitted, folks, I'm using a coding that I'm watching fail on 10, 20 vehicles. I left the country, and before he switched over to us, you followed up with him, and he said, well, they gave me a better deal. They, they charge me less now, so I'm going to use them. So don't, don't tell me people don't know. You guys all know when coatings are failing. You all know when you're using subpar stuff. You all know when you, you should know by just wiping it on. I can wipe a coating on two or three passes and go, this ain't it.
1: Bingo, right? Well, what about a high spot? So in a conversation I've had recently, when I was talking to somebody. I go, listen, I get it. This car wash company could tell you that you come back you know, hours later, even the next day and, and, you know, wipe off this, you go around the car. I mean, no way. If you got a, if you got a coating with high solids, then you should have to work a high spot out. That should be a very, let's just go basic math here.
0: Yeah.
1: Basic. We're not even getting to high school math. We're not getting remember, You want
0: it to harden. You want it to harden. (laughs) Oh, God, right? I mean, that, that that's all that matters. It's not even about basic math. It's like you want the coating to harden because it helps it with its uh, dependability. It helps it with its duration. Uh, you don't want it to get excessively overly hardened because that actually makes it weaker. You want it to have some flexibility, but a high spot is essentially something that's a healthy thing. You just made a mistake, right? So I think we continue on in this guy's email. He just has a lot of interesting questions that I know a lot of people have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So one of the things is he sends a detailed email when people buy their code, right? He buys their service. So he sends out an email and he, you know, it's a detailed email. A lot of people that we talk to, listen, let me go ahead and pause for a moment. You should hear this. You, the listener, if you're somebody that sends out emails, let me pause for a second. Because the other conversations that I get is people that go, hey, I send them links. I try and tell them how to take care of stuff. And if you're the person that also feels like, hey, I'm letting a lot of sales go out of my my forte and what I do and my customers, I'm sending them links. If you're that guy, hey. Go to HyperClean store, fill out the contact us form, or just go info at HyperClean store, send us an email. This is a time for you to think about distribution. It really is. Oh, yeah. If you're the type of person that sends out links and you want to take care of your customers by sending them links on maintenance, hey, you want to grow your business? You really want to do it? Stop sending well, links. I'll,
0: I'll, yeah, but also you got to realize people aren't going to open emails. You don't know that everybody's opening an email. You think they are. I mean, I love to think everybody wants to hear exactly what I want to say, and then my name pops up in their email, and they're going to read a three-page email with a bunch of links. Great and point. That. Great point. They're, they're not going to do that, right? We just got to be. One of the things we're we're, we're not doing very well, I think, as in a business community. Forget forget the whole uh, detailing community thing. In the business community, we're not realistic that customers just aren't going to do certain things it's really great to think that everybody's going to be the perfect customer and they're going to, you know, do you change the filters in your house right on time every month or every week? Or, I mean, come on, man. Everybody's human. Everybody's going to kind of do things their way. Everybody's going to kind of, uh, you know, go up and down in, in their love for their car or love for their house or, you know, whatever it is they're trying to do. And and so I think it's really important for people to understand it's great that you've spent all this time on, on uh, you know, worrying about your email and having that professionalism, but you also got to be very, very cognizant that if you get 10% of people to open that email, you're probably doing pretty good.
1: Now, right. So actually having it there instead of sending in a
0: link. Yeah. You can you send them do. off with something. You Here just you send them
1: off with something like it's yeah. a much better way. So anyway, yeah. he sends out a detailed email three or four pages long. Great. I know plenty of other people that I've talked to they are like, I want to send out great information to my customers. They value information, right?
0: And by, Can and we by the way, that's, that's always a positive. I'm Bingo. not going to tell you not to do say.
1: this. See the connection points here? Do you see it? Right? So he sends out valuable information. Great job, A, right? Like, great job. Send out valuable information to your customers, okay? Links, maybe some suggestions. Great. I'd rather see them use something decent than nothing at all, is sort of what he says. Let's yep. go back to listen, instead of just sending links, bring in some hyperclean, do some distribution. We can figure out some different levels for you, what makes it best.
0: Don't and, send out links. Way, and, yeah, and by Capture, the way, it's it's, it's yeah. You can sell them your process through the things you like. You can say, mm-hmm. okay, use this product, then this product, then this product. This is how you use it. And by the way, the email I send you is going to walk you through how you should use those products, and when you should use them, and how I how I like to do it at my shop. And so you can start to build this build this infrastructure around the way experience. you want things done. Yeah, the way you want things done, right? Because then you can assess when things don't work out, or that person skipped doing something, or whatever. So it's a consistency thing.
1: All right, so he sent this out, right? This is something he normally does. And he goes, Hey, listen, I've got a customer and uh, left some high spots. He couldn't see it until days later. All good, man. You know, I've missed stuff. You missed stuff. All good. Oh, yeah. And he said he stopped beating in less than six months. So, what is, right? If we've got somebody, we've used somebody else's coding, maybe we're, couple months into working with hyperclean we've been using somebody else yep but this customer goes hey listen i got some issues here It's stopped beating is that hey the coating's failed
0: coding has no. gone no no you don't know yet you don't know yet this is when you need to go through the thorough process to assess if something we use the word clogged okay it's a very general term and 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 when it comes to a coating it's a great term Is the coating clogged with some type of dirt, debris, contamination? You have to assess it. We said this a lot when filming, and guys are going to be sick of it by the time they watch enough of our YouTube videos. Too many people from the consumer all the way to the professional are not assessing the car sitting in front of them. There's times you're cleaning a cleaner vehicle. There's times you're cleaning dirtier wheels than you're up the dilution. It's not the same. So you got a vehicle in front of you, stop beating. To get a proper assessment, you need to quote unquote, just because it's an industry term, unclog the coating or make the attempt to unclog it. Could be dirt, debris, contamination. So guess what we're gonna do? Wash with cleanse. Why? Little higher pH soap, little more cleaning ability, By the way, if you have a coated car that hasn't been neglected, but you're like, man, I I drove through some real winter weather. Use cleanse. It's not a time for a pH neutral soap. Just making your life more difficult. Okay? You're trying to clean the surface. When you're trying for that extra bite, that extra clean, use some cleanse, dude. It's okay.
1: (laughs) So, right? This goes back to what we always say about coatings. They want to say, hey, we withstand pH of X. But then, hey, watch with this pH neutral. No. If you can withstand that type of, you should. But, that doesn't, use but by the cleanse, way, that doesn't mean. Use,
0: <laughs> but that doesn't mean cleanse every time. If you take care of your car every week, then foam wash a pH yeah. intercepts great. Yeah. But we're talking about a neglected vehicle here. Load up some cleanse. Okay, get the vehicle clean, and what I mean is you're trying to cut through the grime that's there from the neglect. Then you want to fuego the car. Then you need to assess after that. Do I actually have bonded contamination on the surface? Did this guy get overspray from something? You know, one of the most common things that we never talk about is that a parking lot away from where I sat for lunch is painting lines on their parking lot.
1: Ah, great one. Okay.
0: Did the guy get some kind of contamination that just bonded because he didn't wash it off soon enough? That's okay. So you're going to have to clay. Now there's a thing here. You may... You may induce some marring on the coating. You'll have to deal with that as a separate issue. But we're trying to identify if the coating is dead. Okay? And the only way we can do that because we don't have a device that can measure it is by what? Hydrophobic properties. That is what we have to identify. Can I restore this thing acting and reacting the way it's supposed to? Okay, That's only going to be done through assessment.
1: Yeah, let me pause there for a second. You've bought a brand new vehicle.
0: Yep.
1: Brand new vehicle. Is it hydrophobic? Uh, Some are, right? Some are. So this has been some of that question when I've heard this, and I've seen it on videos, and then there'll be a YouTube video where I talk about it. I go, hold on a second, because I realized something. We've tried to say in detailing the definition of if you have a ceramic coating is that it's hydrophobic. But then we've also said some sheet and some bead and some do different ways, right? Like, hold on, Let's, is, this a, is this a black and white issue or is there a lot of gray in it? I mean, does hydrophobics black and white tell me that a coating is on there?
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have any other identification. Okay. This is, this is again, if you want to call it subjective, that's fine, but this is what we have. And I want to be clear when you see tray on a vehicle, you're not going to see a vehicle come out of the factory with that kind of hydrophobic behavior. Okay. Will you see some manufacturers will put some wax, some grease, some different things that they put on at the end of the fa- the, 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 the manufacturing process that'll give the illusion of hydrophobic behavior. But ultimately, if you wash it with cleanse and did a full decon, that hydrophobic behavior would go away, correct?
1: So like when we did some videos, we specifically yeah. spray cleanse, we showed, and then we'll do that. I love this for before a spray coat video, right? You cleanse it down, you strip it. We use the word naked.
0: Yeah, naked paint.
1: Is, is that how I determine if it doesn't have protection, is completely naked?
0: Yes, that's the way that I do, and I'm going to say we don't have a better way. We don't have devices that measure this, you know, independently of what we see while we're taking care of a car, right? We just don't have that. And so, at the end of the day, our assessment's going to be: Can I restore the hydrophobic behavior that was supposed to be with it? And again, some coating sheet. So, is it sheeting off? If that's the kind of coating I put on, is it heavy beating and and then? sheeting itself off you need to understand what that coding is designed to do they're, they're both not one's right not one's wrong but we have too many people that are trying to skip the assessment period to figure out if you actually have a failure because guess what it's a lot of work i mean you go and you properly decon a vehicle man it doesn't take five seconds and so now you're frustrated the code the, the customer's pissed or you're pissed as the consumer because you put it on and this isn't working as as it's supposed to, you just got to slow down. You heard me say that a lot when we were filming. Slow down. If your processes and your procedures are right, this should all be a relaxed issue. Now you got to assess what's going on.
1: Okay, so I assess. Great, right? all good. Well, there's a lot of people that I will say, and this has been as I got it. We we've got to start digging some dirt here and go. Did people start saying, yeah, add this topper? Add this boost. As we started, this is let's take this long journey of 13 years, right? If we would say yeah. the first ceramic coating was around 2010. So we're we're 13 years in. What point in time do we start hearing boost? We start hearing these extra things. And why I,
0: actually the best product for the first company I installed with was their quote unquote boost product Um, from very early on ceramic coating companies. And look, we know ceramic coating companies were around the world in the year 2000. We're talking about when things became a mainstay in the U.S. I understand somebody can tell me I used one in 2001. I don't know if I believe that dude, because let's be honest. But um, at the end of the day um, from very early on, Actually, it was talked about pretty clearly that, you know, technology wasn't there and they were kind of guessing early on, hey, can we make this thing last and and take this product? That was the best product they ever built. You and I talked about it actually when I was in Tulsa. Uh, the best product they ever built was, and still to this day I've ever built, is that specific product. And so it was talked about. Was it mainstay? No, because not a lot of people were installing. But never once did I have a reputable ceramic coating company tell me anything other than maintain the coding. I never had anybody reputable tell me set it and forget it and don't try to add back to the system and keep it clean. And I never, I never really got that. Maybe you did. I never really got the set it and forget it speech. Um, So it's always been a part. Now as more, let's call it snake oily type of companies came in and, and it's funny the the, the company that was setting cars on fire, people thought were the snake oil guys, were always the guys that were actually being pretty honest with their installers, and it was the other guys not being so honest, uh, to be frank. Uh, I don't want to actually like put that out there like with the company names, but I think people can figure it out. But I never had anybody reputable tell me anything different. I, I really honestly can say that. I, I, I never had anybody tell me, set it, forget it, don't boost it. I actually had the obvi- o- opposite, and I'm glad I did. They were like, hey, dude, if you can afford to boost the car every month, just boost the car every month. Why wouldn't you? And I was like, yeah, hey, why wouldn't I? Like, I just kind of I don't know. That's kind of okay. what I was brought into.
1: Okay, so you're being frank. As a guy called me earlier, he said this. Hey, I'm being frank. I go, listen, yep. I love I love when Nick is Frank. I used to yeah. say, Hey, Nick, you be Frank more often. Like, we all love Frank. Frank's a great yep. guy, right? We love Frank. So Why do we need a ceramic coating then? if we can just put a boost on, right? This becomes part of one of his questions inside of his email. And it's a very valid question. Hey, if the ceramic coating companies over the past have said, hey, you should always boost. Hey, well, then why don't I just boost it? Why don't I just boost every week? And I would go, hey, well, you don't wax every week. Do you?
0: Yeah. You got to realize that a true boost was, was, I mean, I don't know if you remember, I know you do remember this specific product. It was a ceramic coating in a bottle. I mean, it was, it deserved a lot of credit for that. And, and and people have built upon that, but you have to realize things like slick and spray coat are water-based They're a little bit more temporary. They're meant to be temporary. They're meant to work really well with the coating and not clog it up with all these extra chemicals. And so you have these things that it can be used in conjunction. The way I was told about boosting a ceramic coating from multiple companies was they kind of liked it every six months or once a year. They didn't tell you to overdo it. They just said, there's no harm in doing it all the time if that's what you choose to do. So we got to get I think th- why I love this email so much, and I, I hope the the guy that wrote it in is, is taking it this way, is because there's a very, very definitive line being drawn in my mind. And you and I have been talking about this for the last couple months. There's an elite way to do things, and then there's just trying to get by. Mm. Okay? I don't mind sharing my process when I take care of my family's SUV that I don't even drive hardly ever. Okay, I don't get to see it as often as I'd like. And if I shared my process, there's going to be a group of people right now go, oh, that's overkill. But is it? I don't get to see it as often in my shop as I need to. Okay, I got other things going on. I wish I saw it every week. I wish I brought it in here every week, and I wish I dealt with it every week. But let's say it makes it three to five weeks. I'm going to always fall in that world. It's got a hyper-clean coating on it. So every time, because we have heavy dust here, heavy dust and debris fly in the air here, especially right now, I think we had 50 mile an hour winds last night, okay? People were struggling to get out after the F1 race. That's how strong the winds are here. It's all good. So when I bring it in here, it's always getting cleansed. Almost always. Then after I cleanse it and contact wash it, I'm going to spray some ceramic snow on it. Then I'm going to rinse that off. Then I'm going to spray some spray coat and rinse that off. And then I'm going to blow it dry. And then I'm going to put some slick on as my drying aid. And then we have a product that's unreleased. If I got time, I'm going to throw some of that on top. Because all in all, it cost me $3 to do all that on a $90,000 SUV. And it's not overkill to me because I know I don't see the vehicle as much as I wish I did. So it's not overkill to me. And we got to get out of this mindset of how do I do the bare minimum and get by? Well, that's not why you put a coating on the car. You put a coating on the car, you put PPF on the car because you loved your car or your customer loves their car. So why are we shortcutting over a dollar, over 50 cents? Again, we're not shortcutting over 500 bucks. We're short, I mean, we're talking about nickels here. And so- there's a lot of people that do this, right? A
1: lot of people, which becomes some of that discussion when we said car wash to detail. Like, if you're going to take the time to wash and clean and detail out your own car, should you use the minimum suggestion? Right? Like, like what, what do you part care? Of, part of us is being overbuilt. We've tried to say we don't believe in this. Like, right. You should regularly use it, but man. It just seems almost as what we see in this email and some people inside the industry, because they've listened to a different way, they go, wait, that's overkill. That's too much.
0: Yeah. It is? And look, uh, here's that's the thing. my
1: car. It's, yeah. it's what I like to take care of, or it's my customer who's just paid me a lot of money. Is it overkill? Or is it overbuilt? Or is it overpromised? Is it overdelivered? Is it, is it overkill? Or is it? Yeah,
0: I'm yeah, wrong. I'm the wrong. Like, I'm, the wrong, I'm the wrong guy to ask, man. Yeah, because there's guys that don't realize you can do all this to your car, and at the most, it's going to cost you five bucks. So let's say it costs you five dollars to maintain a hundred thousand dollar car. If you own a hundred thousand dollar house, I guarantee you it costs you more than five bucks a month to maintain that house exponentially more exponentially more. And we're sitting here talking about this. And again, I'm not trying to sell you that you got to do it my way. I'm saying I have the approach. And by the way, I've always had this approach long before I owned a product company. I didn't care about saving three nickels on a spray wax when they came out. I didn't care about, uh, you know, putting a second layer of wax on a car that somebody asked me to do. I wasn't like, oh man, I got to recoup my cost of this 15 cents of this car wax. I just, I just did it because it was like, yeah, it's more protection. I remember putting a sealant down and then putting a wax on top of it so I could get the wax look that the customer wanted with a little bit more durability underneath. There's people that are going to take things to the elite level and then there's people that are going to have this viewpoint of like, well, should I do this or should I do that? Look, man, if you foam washed and slicked your car every single week with a coating beneath it in a lot of climates, that coating may survive the next hundred years. So you have a perfectly coated vehicle that looks perfectly detailed every every time you leave your house 52 weeks a year. Isn't that why you had the coating installed? Because you want your car to look frickin' awesome? Yeah, you want the protection. Yeah, you want some hydrophobic behavior. Yeah, you want to make it easier to wash. Okay. But the fundamental reason you PPF a car and the fundamental reason that you ceramic coat a car is what? You want your car to look awesome. That, that's why. That's why you do it. This email is so awesome because this guy really wants answers. He really is curious. I, I'm not curious, man. I've always just, ah, man, a couple drying aids or uh, a spray and seal product like Spray Co- Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll throw that on there. Yep. Yep. I, I never thought about it, to be honest with you. And when that Boost product was super expensive in 2010, because you, Marty, you remember, that was an expensive product. I also threw that on monthly when everybody else was lucky to do it every nine to 12 months. I didn't own that company. I still did it. And, yeah, it was overkill. I mean, no, it wasn't. Everybody's car looked freaking awesome. So the Range Rover lady, right,
1: our favorite Range Rover lady, her and her husband, when we started taking care of their cars, what did they say? Wow, this is better than it looked before. I had nothing yeah. to do with the people they used. I had nothing to do with that. didn't. It's just if there's a proper process to doing it, then there's proper, and I'm with you. I would, back then, this was sealants, right? As we first started with them, now they get coatings. But back then, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't seal in a car and go, yeah, this is a six-month sealant. No, this was a quarterly sealant. It didn't matter of what expense for me as a business that I had.
0: But hold on, you need to bring them along. So you put the sealant down for three months. It was a six-month sealant. When you, when you went and maintained the vehicle, I bet you threw a little something on there. Absolutely. But let's start at that. I didn't want to say, hey, this is going to reach all the ways.
1: I'm buying protection. I'm not buying some number that somebody in some lab and some paperwork told me. I'm buying protection for my customer. You're going to get it protected for three months. Absolutely right. Every time we washed, we would spray a little bit more of some other product. We would continue to build up the protection on that car so that when that customer sold that car, what? They went to the dealerships. I never would get to hear this story, but you got to visually see the dealership that they worked with, you've seen the numbers of them coming into our business. So I could actually look at this customer and say, I know the dealership that you're working with, and I know that they saw the best one of the best cars that they ever got back. Hey, when we've got loaner cars. If you're somebody that does loaner cars, the best cars that I've sent back as loaner cars, they've gone, wow, man, those look amazing. Oh, well, it's because we touched it we cleaned it we continuing to protect it throughout its journey in these three years
0: yeah people so this is this is where you get into this dividing line if you're a consumer out there largely you're listening to this going yeah that's what i do with my car you know those high level consumers man they're they're just they just love their car and so they're like yeah i'll throw an extra drying aid on or i'll throw this boost product on or i just love my car when a professional starts talking about it, we really do jump over a lot of hundred dollar bills to get to nickels. It's what we do. I mean, it, you can go to any Facebook group that, that that isn't a specialist group, and there's times that it gets po- something will get posted in a specialist group, and the group will come together and go, "Hey, man, have you thought about it this other way?" Uh, there's just too many guys jumping over hundred dollar bills to get to nickels. I, I just never had that mentality. I wanted the car. First and foremost, you get coating and PPF so your car looks fucking badass all the time. The rest of it's additive. Protection stays in, that's just additive. We always skip over the fact that the reason somebody came to you to buy coating or put PPF on their car was for what? I want this thing to look how better than new for as long as possible. And I want to drive it around. And Brian told me something about coatings that he uses as a sales point that I think just drives this home. When you maintain a ceramic coated car properly, every time you drive around, it looks like you just got freshly out of a detail shop. That's the reason for a coating first and foremost, because who doesn't want to look across the parking lot or leave a holiday party coming up and the whole family goes, damn dude, what'd you do to your vehicle? What have you been doing to your truck? What have you been doing to your Porsche? What have you been doing to you? There's a pride in that. And so why I love this email so much is because I know people think and want to ask these questions. None of this shit's overkill to me, and it mm. never has been. No, yeah. never has been.
1: Okay, but let's just kind of close it out with this question because it's the question that he asked and it might be a question on some people's mind. Let's say I've put on an inferior product and then I just continue to come back and spray some stuff on there well, how do I ever really know what I'm doing? Because you just said, you know, a little bit ago, we were talking about, how do you know if a coating's on there? And you go, well, it's hydrophobic. Well, okay, but if I spray something on there and it continues to add hydrophobics, then do I ever really know if the coating is there?
0: Well, here, here's the, there's a double-edged sword here yeah, man, it's going to make, make it tough to identify that. And maybe that's why some guys stick with inferior coding brands a little too long or, or whatever that can happen. That, that absolutely can happen. But, but here's the real way that, you know, in my opinion, there's going to be a point in time where a customer goes an extended period of time without taking care of their car. It's just going to happen. Life gets in the way a couple months, whatever, You'll start to see the next time you see the vehicle, or that could even happen to you as a consumer. Life gets in the way. You have a sick parent. You have a sick family member. I couldn't get to my car.
1: Soccer games, Soccer weather, games. all yeah, of stuff. Yeah, whatever.
0: You'll start to go, oh, why is this not hydrophobic anymore? Well, your, your, your weekly protection has worn off. You know, your drying aids have worn off. And now you're starting to look around and go, okay, this isn't reacting how I think. Then you'll try to revive it, and you'll see it maybe is not revivable. And guess what? Now you've identified it. So it's not easy. And sometimes I'm sure some things I've put on my car as a test have gotten, uh, you know, a pass because of my maintenance ability on my cars. I'm okay with that. But I can tell you this. If I have less than five companies I'd put on my customers or my personal car, you should probably take it rather seriously because you and I get our hands on any coding possible. The day that I came on HyperClean, I laid out in my garage how many coding companies had sent me free stuff to test. I think I got a pretty good footprint in in, in who's got real shit and who doesn't. So if I tell you there's less than five companies and you're thinking you've already used three, most likely you use three, they're not on my list. So you also have to look at the brand you're in business with. You got to look at, do you trust those owners of that company actually know what a coating supposed to do? That stuff does matter. I mean, we're seeing meltdowns across the industry of coating companies. And if you keep putting it on a car, then you know what? You're taking it into your own hands. And you're right. If you maintain it properly and always put all these products on it, maybe you're not going to be able to identify that. That's a risk you're going to take.
1: These are a lot of problems. We start, you, you, you go through all this stuff, you know, we're an hour into this episode. The past 30 minutes has been nothing but problems in a sense that can arrive from ceramic coatings. And we, how do you do this? How do you, Why? I'm like, okay, you know, you want to, you want to solve everything. You, okay, let's take everything out. All the problems, let's remove all of it. You want to know how to do that? Do you, do you want to? You're going to wash? You're gonna clay it, you're gonna Fuego, and you're gonna put on UNO. And then you're gonna maintain it with ceramic snow, slick, spray coat, you're gonna go through that. You can put on Dose if you want, you can put on, I mean, you can go whichever direction, but let's think of all these massive problems, you can boil it down to one exact process, which we put out multiple times. We love having this. And how simple it is to put on Hyperclean Uno, really does make it go. Listen, if you want to wash all, listen, if you want to go into some okay, cool, we got all that. You wash everything away, just put on a Hyperclean Uno and then maintain it with Ceramic Snow. Maintain it with Cleanse as when you wash Ceramic Snow, Spray Coat, Slick. Do you need all that, Nick? Was some of the questions? Some no. do you need it? No. Can you do it? No. But if you want to solidify it down to one exact thing, and do you need to put on Uno more on a regular? Absolutely. This becomes that journey, that process of customer to not only maybe, if I want to care for my own car, right? You you can go through a lot of things. You go, listen, you could boil it all down to a very simple thing.
0: Yeah. And I also say this. You go through our coding lineup. I don't. I don't have any qualms telling you they're going to last. We've had multiple tests of extremely neglected vehicles driven through mountains, di- driven through snow, driven through areas. People are like, you don't understand what they throw down on my roads, right? We get that all the time. No, we we got it, man. You, you don't. You don't live on the moon. Okay, other people use that and to salt their roads. You're not in a special place. Again, we kind of covered this in another episode. Stop thinking you have special conditions. Uh, use a good coating. Whether one of our four coatings in our lineup, use them. Maintain them. I would tell anybody to do that in anybody's coating lineup. That's how you boil it down. This idea that you're just, uh, there's just this one magical answer. It, look, man, it, it's, it's a very subjective thing we're doing here right? We're, we're putting a coating on a car. We're putting PPF on a car We're everyone's going to want a different experience. and Everyone's going to want to experience it differently. But let me tell you what never works with any of it. Neglect. Never works. Always makes it worse. Always means you're driving a dirty vehicle around. Always means you're wearing and tearing on your PPF or your coating faster. So you know what never works? Neglect. That's the one thing we can boil down here. I'm never going to tell somebody to neglect their vehicle. I- I'm just not that kind of guy because I don't think you came to me to have a ceramic coating to have your car look like crap in six months. I just don't believe that's why people did it originally. So maybe this is where we've gotten off track as an industry. You got the coating because you wanted your car to be, be and look awesome. Why don't we just stay there and stop overthinking it? We've all put a coating on our car or PPF on our car to keep the shit looking awesome. Isn't that good enough reason to not neglect it? Shit happens. I got it. That's why we got products for when shit happens. Right? That's why we got cleanse and we have fuego and we have, you know, clay. And when shit happens, we can handle it. But the whole point is to not get to those points the best of our ability. And that's why I want to say this again. The reason that this email is getting attention is because he gave us a thoughtful email.
1: Mm, Great point.
0: And that's where I want to end today's episode. This guy deserves us talking about this because he wrote what boils down to about two pages of really, really interesting questions that he had. He made sure he spelled things correctly. He spell-checked it. He he did his best to make it readable. And he was thoughtful about what he did. Now we'll get other ones like, hey, can you tell me about your coatings? Those guys don't get brought up on the podcast. This this was – I, I want to praise that part of it, okay, because guys like us – and we had Brian on on Saturday. I hope everybody goes and listens to that. People do want to lend a helping hand. His email makes you want to lend the helping hand because it was thoughtful, because he was also self-aware. Hey, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe this is just me. All of it put together is why we're now talking about it on the podcast. And I think we need to always celebrate that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great episode. Great discussion. Thank you again. And continue with the emails with the thoughtful discussion points. And also, like we said earlier, go to the HyperClean Specialist Group. Toss out some questions there. There's plenty of people in there that want to give valuable input. But the same way you said about his great email, Make sure when you're in the specialist group that you actually think through it. Don't just lob out some question like, blah, 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 like, come on, man.
0: What's this going to get out of here? Yeah, get yourself some interaction, right? Give some Mm -hmm. interaction. I mean, the more thoughtful you are, the more interaction you're going to get.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. We'll see you next week.